All right, welcome to episode nine of the Endurance Athlete Podcast, a podcast where we talk with endurance athletes from a variety of sports, including swimming, which will be our topic for today, running, triathlon, cycling, 24-hour bowling, and as we'll talk about later, burrow racing as well. Uh, I'm Dan Schamberg, and my co-host is Greg Hawkins, who will join us in a moment. But today we have a return guest, Sabrina Houston, who is with us on episode three, I believe. And she talked about her 2019 Catalina Channel Crossing, uh, which is what, 20 miles from Catalina Island to Long Beach, 20 miles, depending on how straight you swim. And uh, today she's going to chat with us about another swim that she just completed here in 2020. That's part of the Triple Crown of Endurance Swimming. Sabrina, thanks for joining us again. Oh, and before I forget, we also have Sonny Ricard joining us here, who is uh, yes. Sabrina and I together. And we're just going to have a yeah. big party because this is a celebration for Sabrina. Yeah, guest co-host. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Good to be back. Yeah. Yes. So let's go ahead and recap real quick. You know, last time, if you haven't listened uh, to the other episodes, of, the other episode with Sabrina, go back and listen to episode three and uh, where we talk about the Catalina Channel swim, sharks and all the crazy things we talk about, taco trucks. But, and then come back to listen to this. So the, the second run in this Triple Crown is what, Sabrina? Go ahead and tell us about it. Yeah, the Triple Crown consists of three of the big marathon swims, which are um, Catalina Channel um, and then Manhattan Swim, which is also known as the um, Swim Around Manhattan or 20 Bridges, and then the English Channel. So for my second one in the series, it just happened to work out that the Swim Around Manhattan was going to be the easiest uh, for me to do this year that was before COVID and everything happened um, but you circumnavigate um, in a counterclockwise direction Manhattan Island starting at Battery Park um, and then swimming all the way around yeah so the total distance for that one is 28.5 miles 28.5 oh my goodness for some reason with 20 bridges I was just thinking it was it, it looked shorter than it was holy cow now 28 miles um do you have to do these all in a certain order or do you just have to do all three in whatever order you want? Yep. You only have to, you just have to do them um, all three. Doesn't matter the order. Doesn't matter the distance or the time between them. Um, you can, you know, wait 10 years between them if you want. It doesn't matter as long as you get them ratified by the Federation that's in charge of the channel or the swim, then it's considered um, you, you get it considered for your triple crown. So last time we talked, I think it was like April, May, right? Somewhere around there. And you were, you were still not sure if that was even going to happen this year or not, right? Because that's right in the midst of the early stages of COVID, as I like to, to think of it. And you're like, oh, that's my next goal. Like, so from when we chatted last, how long did it take to find out that you were even going to be allowed to do it? How did that process evolve? Not sure to, yes, I'm going to New York. Yeah, so I submitted my application in November, which is pretty traditional. You typically submit your applications in the fall um, for the next year because um, these big swims, there's only a certain amount of slots available. And so they typically book up like a year or two years out. So I wanted to submit mine in November because there's not – I later came to realize it's kind of an invitation-only type of swim, um, and it's pretty hard to get into um, – 
but I didn't really know that when I applied. I, I later found out when I was waiting that it was kind of a, I was like, oh, I, I might actually not be able to do this in 2020. Like, I hope my times are fast enough to be considered. Um, so I ended up getting the slot, which I was super excited about, July 19th. So then training kicked off. Um, training kicked off uh, Jan- January 1st, essentially. Um, and I was just training along. And then uh, what they, they'll then, early COVID happened. So then March is when all the pools were closed and then the beaches were closed. Oh yeah. Um, and so I was forced to just train on my Vasa trainer, um, and do strength workouts and and not having any access to the pool. Um, but at that point, New York was still, they were still on They're like, you know, keep training. We're still doing this. Um, and then they pulled the plug, I want to say in like late April, um, which, honestly was kind of a relief because it was like I hadn't didn't have any access to water I I wasn't able to properly train for this it's not something that you really want to go into untrained for 28 miles you're like looking at serious damage long term if you you know don't train for that um so they pulled the plug and then and then I was just like okay well sucks but maybe I'll just regroup maybe I'll I'll do it next year and do uh, Manhattan swim and English channel back to back, which wasn't ideal. Um, and I knew that I knew my body and how long it takes me to recover from these swims. It's typically at least a month, if not two months. Uh, and then they sent out this email just saying, Hey, if anyone wants a false slot, we might be able to fit you in if you're interested. Um, so I talked it over with Matt, my husband, and just said, you know, do you, do you think that's a good idea? The, the pools are just starting to become or no, the beaches were just starting to become open. Um, but then we were battling like red tide. And I was like, you know, like there's still no gyms and it's kind of weird. And he said, well, just see if you can get a slot. Um, so I wrote them and um, uh, that was late May. And then they said, uh, when can you be ready? And I was like, well, I've, I'm kind of swimming, but not really. Yeah, I was like, you know, I think maybe end of May, end of August. So that was like eight weeks. And they were like, okay, um, August 20th is your date. So I was like, okay, I have eight weeks to train for this 28 mile swim. Nice. (laughs) So I I just hit the ground running. I was like, what, what can we do? (laughs) So going back to when you um, applied and realized that it was hard to get into, what not swimming the Catalina channel crossing wasn't enough to be like, Hey, I can do something like this. Is there like, like, why did it, why would you not have gotten in? Like, is there people swimming 40 miles that are trying to get in or. That channel definitely, definitely helped with, with the application, pretty much putting any of the majors, the major swims on there um, definitely kind of solidifies you as a marathon swimmer and kind of gives you like a, Hey, like I can, I can play in this field. I, I, you know, credentials. Exactly. Um, and so, but I only really had like Catalina is really my only major that I had on there. Um, and so if there was somebody who had maybe Catalina and a couple other channels on there, then they probably would have been a better candidate. Um, but I just got lucky and, and they offered me the, uh, the slot. I also told them, you know, I'm going for the triple crown and I have the English channel next year. And I really want to do this before my 30th birthday. Uh, so this would be the most ideal if I could do it now, but you're just at the mercy of how many people apply and how many people get accepted. And some of it's just kind of chance. Okay. That's, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine too many people are applying for Because that. also, um, 
they're only doing one swimmer a day, right? And then with COVID, that was kind of restricted down even further. So that that's that's another part of the limitation, right? So, yeah, yeah. So the the way that New York um, open water works is they typically have four swim windows, and each swim window has sixteen slots in it. Um, so what's that like? I don't know. Like not not too many slots a year, yeah. and that's it. And then they have a couple of like quiet swim days where um, individual swimmers can swim, um, but they don't have a ton of those slots. So that's kind of how they work. And then once COVID happened, they, I think they're only having like, I don't know, less than 20 people swim it this year um, just because there's so, um, there's so many restrictions on it and things like that. Just people weren't able to train for it. So they just would rather defer it to a year which they could train properly, which I don't blame them. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Right. So now, you know, July comes, you find out I've got, or sorry, June comes, I've got eight weeks to train. Like, what's the first thing that goes to your mind? Like, crap, I've got to start swimming, hit the ground running. Like, what, what's the first thing that you do besides jump yeah. for joy and, and then realize you have to work hard? I was, yeah, I was very, very excited. Um, the first thing was that uh, my husband and I, we just sat down and, and looked at training, said, okay, what can we accomplish safely in eight weeks knowing that we wouldn't, I wouldn't be going into this necessarily in the best shape of my life, um, but potentially a little bit undertrained. but knowing that I had a really, really good base for like the first three and a half months of the year, um, and hoping that that was enough to kind of carry me through then two months of really odd training, uh, into that. So then we just sat down and, and took a look at like, what's realistic with, you know, still working full time and you know having limited access to water and we just put together the best plan that we could do uh, and i knew if i could work up to six hours of swimming then i'd be able to swim it without getting injured which was the biggest thing for me is i didn't want to get injured leading it to it because that would really just derail everything i'd oh, rather yeah. be under trained and kind of muscle my way through it than have like a shoulder injury and then just not be able to complete it yeah you bring up a two good points I think there that I can relate to you know ultra running and the first is having a good base right and so if you find out you've if you've been doing it for a while you're consistently consistently running even though you're not specifically training and if you've done a lot of these races before you have a base your body remembers um, and then if you find you got a race in eight weeks well that's plenty of time for a seasoned person to train like you said maybe a little under trained but you yeah. can, you're not training at that point to be to do it fast necessarily or, or you know, or win it. You're just training to finish it. Yeah. Um, and the second part is, you know, you'd rather be undertrained slightly in this kind of more of the ego thing, I think, and not be injured and think, screw it. I can muscle my way through this, right? If you can do at least six hours, which I don't know what the equivalent would be, like maybe that's like 25 miles for running. Hey, I can do a 50 miler, right? If you can, Mm -hmm. do a certain amount without any difficulty you know that you can muscle your way through the rest of it. it may not be pretty but you at least have a chance right yeah the wheels are gonna fall off it's just you're hoping that they fall off towards the latter part of the race and not towards you know the half the halfway mark <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know i want to ask about wheels falling off a little later when we talk about you know the actual race so now you've, you've got your training plan right six hours to me which 60 minutes. You know, 
And to put it into perspective, Dan, I, I met Sabrina a couple of times while she was training and she'd swim for an hour or two. And then I'd get in the water and swim with her for an hour. And then she'd swim another couple of hours after that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I, to me, that's crazy, but I get it. Yeah. Because I get the same thing with my thing. You know, what I do, <laughs> Boris and I in June after we chat, we decided one day we're going to run from Encinitas where I live down to downtown San Diego. You know, and it was like a 50K total, 50 kilometers. And uh, people are like, what? Why would you do that? But yeah, it was just a fun afternoon running around, seeing what people are doing during COVID. But um, so where were you swimming during this time? Were you allowed to get in the water or the ocean or the, or the pool? Like what, what would that consist of? Yeah, it was once I got the green light, which was, oh, what was that? Like end of, end of May, early June. Um, by that point, the pools were back open. They were limited as far as like their hours um, and the ocean was fully open. So I really just swam open water just because of the limitations of the pool. It was just so hard to find, to find pools and most of them had 45 minute time limits on it or you'd have to wait 30 minutes to get a lane. Um, and so I just, my goal for 2020 was just to get faster in open water. Um, I had built such a good base from Catalina that now I just needed to just learn how to kind of push myself more in the open water. I knew I could swim for 13 hours, but now it's like finding kind of where's your threshold pace. Um, so I think just swimming my open water, you know, five, six days a week versus a couple times in the pool, just, it just got me faster. So I ended up just really getting a lot faster this year. So you just said, and I'm trying to, to bring this back to people here, you felt like you could swim comfortably for 13 hours straight is that what you just right, said which is what, yeah That's, which is what i did for catalina yeah okay it was yeah. high 12s was what it was what it was yeah so what, i mean it's, it's a lot it's a long way yeah, yeah definitely a long way what is the kind of the average swim so uh sonny you said that she swam like you would do a couple hours you joined her for an hour or two and then you swim a couple more so like what Six oh hours. no, I joined her for an hour. No more than an hour is my limit. <laughs> and then real heavy in her training, I'd have to meet her with fins because uh, you know, I was worried I wouldn't be able to keep up with her. And so <laughs> I was out there with fins. So with running, we can do uh, we like <laughs> miles per week, you know, 50 mile weeks, 30 mile weeks, 70 mile weeks. Like what is the equivalent in like swimming? Do you go by hours or do you go like distance? Yeah. And each, each swim is kind of different based upon its like unique aspect. So the thing about the Manhattan swim is although it's the longest by length, it's typically granted the tides it's typically shortest by time because there is like a tide assist, especially coming down the Hudson. So for this one, it was more advantageous for me to go based on my predicted time versus the actual distance because you were going to move so much faster, just given the current. So for this particular one, I just did it based on time. Um, okay. But each race is, each event is kind of just different depending upon if it's a, a neutral current or if it's a, a current assist or if it's a against the current swim. And, you know, that's just kind of the nature of open water swimming. Okay. So now you're, you know, you've got eight weeks to train. You're, yep. you're getting up to 13 hours a week. At what point did you feel like I've got this? coming up to the race or did you feel comfortable yeah no ready I, I was pretty ready I knew I had like just like with any kind of endurance activity you have your like base you know build peak taper kind of phase that was just like very 
oddly shaped in me, in me. but I knew if I could put together a uh, consistent week. So like swimming five days a week, having my like speed day, having my kind of mid distance day and then having my long day. And if I knew I could stack a couple of really good weeks together, I was confident that I could, that I could swim it. So I did like um, a couple of my long swims were like five hours, five and a half hours, six hours. Um, and my, six hour one was like my, by far my best swim that I'd had. I think I did like 14 or 14 miles. I think it was like 14.2 miles in, in six hours. And I think that was like a, a one twenty four hundred average with stops. Um, wow. so by that point I knew, yeah, it was like a really good swim. So once I did that and then I knew I didn't have any injuries, I wasn't feeling sick my nutrition was dialed. I knew at that point, I'm like, okay, if I could just get to the start line, because, you know, everything's starting to lock down again with COVID and regulations are changing daily. You know, I was like, if I can just make it to Manhattan Island and start that swim, I'm confident I can, I can put together a good day. I just need that chance though. So, yeah. So here in July, oh, look at that. Greg is here joining us. Welcome, Greg. (laughs) We're just wrapping up. And I heard 124. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so yeah. fast. <laughs> Thanks, mm-hmm. Greg. <laughs> so you talk about getting to, to Houston, mm-hmm. to, sorry, to New York, and we'll start talking about the race here in a second. Was there any worry towards those last couple of weeks that it was going to shut down? Because here in San Diego, like I went on a cross-country road trip with my family, just driving, and the, like the day after we left, I get messages to San Diego, like it's basically re-shut down. Like, is that happening in New York? Are you looking daily, like wondering like, crap? Is, is this going to happen or did it just, you know, not stress you? You just got to there and to the point yeah. fly out and go. No, I was, I was stressed out probably at least two weeks out um, because the regulations just kept changing and we were in contact with, with the organization, you know, like, you know, what are we, you know, what would you like us to do? What are we supposed to do? You know, filling out health forms, going through all of the kind of loopholes of COVID Um, but just feeling like every day was a new day and it could just be at any point in time, Hey, I'm sorry, we're not able to do the swim. Um, so there was just kind of that like little thought in the back of my mind being like, we could very realistically get to that day and then be like, I'm sorry, you know, because of COVID we're not able to do the swim, um, which I would have been devastated, but it, it's just part of it, unfortunately. Um, so no, I, every day I woke up and I was just like, I really hope that they did like checking my email, hoping that I don't see like an email saying, you know, canceled, sorry, you know, deferred to 2021. Um, so they would have yeah, deferred no, it, would, it. Um, they said that you could reapply, but if you, you were accepted in 2020, then you were kind of like a little bit higher on the list for 2021. Um, if you weren't able to do it, but you still right. had to reapply and then, for me, the challenge was then again, fitting it before the English channel. And that's trying to train for two very different swims in the same training block, which to me just isn't ideal. If you're going to go for something kind of as, as big as the English channel, it needs to be on its own. You know, you, you can't like sandwich a couple other things in between there. It that's, needs to be on its own pedestal. It deserves it. It's big enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I imagine, but explain why they're different. Like, it seems like if you are just, you know, swimming, you would just swim. So how, how is the training for the two races different? Yeah, so the... the I guess event, unique, really. Like yeah, 
there, right? So you're racing against yourself. Yeah, the unique thing about open water swimming is just the, there's a lot of variables with open water swimming. So like the distances are the very, as a variable um, because of the tide. So a lot of the times based on how long you take out there is kind of how many miles you do. So that's a very big variable. Another variable is the water temperature. Um, some of these swims, you can swing 10 degrees out there for water temperature, which can be a giant, you know, fluctuation. Um, and then also kind of the type of water. Uh, if you're swimming in fresh water or salt water, um, if you're swimming in more of like a river atmosphere versus an ocean atmosphere, uh, just kind of the wave size, all of these things can factor into kind of how long it's going to take you out there and how much it's going to kind of beat you up. Um, so Manhattan is a current assist, uh, which means that the current actually aids you for some of the swim, um, which makes it a much faster swim than like the English Channel, even though the distance is longer. Um, the water temperature is also quite a bit warmer. Like the water temperature was like 76 degrees to 81 degrees. Um, whereas the English Channel is like low 60s. It usually hovers between like 60 degrees and 64 degrees. Are you... Um, Remind me, because I know we talked about this on the previous podcast, but are you able to wear a wetsuit? No wetsuit. No wetsuit on any of them, right? No. Um, according to, like, the uh, marathon swimming rules, uh, no, nothing that can, like, assist you. So, like, no neoprene. You can only wear, like, a normal swimsuit, one cap, one goggles. Um, you can put, like grease and stuff on your body but you can't have any like neoprene or flotation nothing what's, at all. what's no your watches. preferred sabrina what's your preferred grease are you like a vaseline or uh what are you using so yeah i've definitely switched it up um i now use almost 100 percent lanolin um which just is butter grease. straight butter <laughs> just i melt it's a vat of butter thin. and then that's kind of my relaxation <laughs> relaxation and then i just get it and go and then that's what is what about some keto myself as i'm swimming (laughs) exactly yeah exactly so So lanolin does that i mean i've seen that for years you know that that was like the old school way to do the escape from alcatraz thing yeah but how much (laughs) is there any like science that says how much that helps uh, there's a little bit of science, a little bit of data saying that it, it does help. It more or less just kind of protects you from the elements. So if you're like going to come across like jellyfish or if you're going to come across, um, you know, anything out there, it, you also typically put sunscreen on, but it does provide kind of a layer of protection. Um, and it does, it does help. And Where it are you helps getting, with chafing. Did, yeah. Where are you getting this? Where are you? I get the um, lanolin just online, just at Amazon. Uh, like huh. giant yeah. vats of lanolin. I mean, imagine you'd have yeah. to re- reapply as you're swimming there. It, it's yeah. So much lanolin. All it's right. wool grease, yeah. But it, you just you just use, at least for Manhattan, because it was warm, I really only used it on areas that I chafe. Um, but in cold water, you would put it like on your arms and on your, you know, legs and, and more on your extremities. Um, but I wasn't training really for cold water this round. So I really didn't use a lot of Vaseline or lanolin. So is that the main difference in like training for a 20 bridges versus the channel is just, you would have done a lot more rough water, cold water swims. Yeah. 
Correct. For if I was training for the English Channel, I would have done more night swimming um, because um, you you could potentially swim at night for the English Channel. A lot more like open ocean swims. Um, a lot more just kind of like rough water swims for for Manhattan. I really didn't need to practice that. I needed more of a practice of like surface chop. So in order to do that, I would train a lot kind of in the afternoon once the wind kicks up. Um, that way, I was used to kind of having that like wind the water kind of slap you in the face a little bit. It just, you just kind of learn how to maneuver around it and get your breathing under control. So I practice that a good amount. Great. So, I know. Isn't that nice when you turn to take a breath and you get a big wake of, of salt water in your like, mouth? <laughs> like, I imagine you know, 20 bridges is not only like salty brackish water, but there might be like some foam, maybe a diaper, dead body, you know, Look, all your pictures look beautiful. Look clean. I know they look gorgeous. Yeah. We uh, we got a really. It was funny. Everyone always talks about the the water, and so I was I pre- was really prepared for it. I like made sure that I was not taking in any water when I was breathing, and I was like doing a bunch of kind of exercises to make sure. Um, but then we had like the clearest water. I don't know. We just had beautiful water that day. I didn't have like any, any issues. There wasn't a time where I was like, Oh, this is gross. I didn't see anything in the water. Uh, I think I just got like heard really if you, on the water. Um, either like drink bleach or like shine <laughs> a really bright UV light. That'll like pretty much kill. Yeah. Kill and COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to New York, right? How long between when you get to New York and you can tell us about that. And then, you know, kind of the start of the race and go from there were you there before you started? And then kind of let's, let's, let's hear about 20 bridges. Yeah, I was, um, we were only allowed to be there for like 72 hours. So it was very fast and we had to stay in our hotel room. Um, the only time we were allowed to leave was for, to go get food. Um, and so we, you could only be there the whole time, 72 or you could, you had to be there for 72 hours beforehand. No, no, no. Like the whole time frame we were allowed in New York was 72 hours. Oh, wow. So it was a very quick, like, we're here to do the event and then we're going to leave. Like, that's our sole purpose. That's all we're doing. We're not doing anything else, Um, which was fine. Like, that's what we were there for. And so we wanted to respect um, COVID, respect the the permit, respect everything like that. We were okay with that. Um, So we arrived late, like, Tuesday night. um, And then Wednesday was the only day that we were there prior to the race. So we just got everything together on Wednesday I ate a lot of food and then we were in bed pretty early. And then Thursday morning um, was when we, we just walked to the start. We were about mile from the start. Um, so I just had like my cooler and I only had one crew member. I just had my husband, Matt. Um, we were only allowed to have one crew member for this one. So I didn't have any pace swimmers. I didn't have um, any like other support crew. It was just him um, and my kayaker and the boat. Um, yeah, so we just walked down there and everyone was there. We met up with like the whole team. Um, so we had a boat captain, um, my kayaker, my observer and Matt, and, uh, that we went over kind of safety procedures. Uh, it started at nine o'clock, which was so late. I didn't know what to do. Woke up at like six, like had some breakfast, just kind of sat around. Um, (laughs) it was such a late start. They start late just based on the tides. Um, and based on the like the ferry schedule so I walked we get my bottles all filled uh, and then we just kind of walked down it's about a mile to the to the start 
And I uh, sit there, kind of talk to, there's one other girl that's doing it that day. So I kind of chat with her um, about the event and then, yeah, put on sunscreen and kind of did a check on everything. And then they're like, okay, you ready to start? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Oh my God, I didn't think of that. I would get roasted. Like, don't, did you stop to reapply sunscreen? No. How do you do um, that without like drying off and... Yeah. Do they make sunscreen lanolin? <laughs> no, and lanolin like fries you. So a, a big part of this block of training was just trying to like deal with the sun protection. Um, Cause I am like pretty fair skinned. I burn really easily and I definitely learned my lesson. I think on my six hours swim, um, I burnt so bad. So what I ended up doing was just using straight zinc oxide. Um, and it's super, if you've ever used zinc, most people just use it on their face. Um, but I applied it everywhere. Um, and it worked great. You I didn't look get like a mine. at all. Oh, oh, white walker. <laughs> like ghost white. Um, but it worked really well and I still, uh, had it kind of when I got out of the water. So, and I didn't get any sunburn. So I definitely think that, you know, if people deal with, you know, like needing to reapply sunscreen if they just use zinc oxide to begin with. It, it's kind of hard to get off and things, but it definitely works. It's very effective. That's a good, that's a good note for my next Otolo because I was definitely sunburned most of the way through that after, oh, you know, try it. in 100%. and out of the water and then it's gone. So yeah, no, this lasted almost eight hours. So they tell you, all right, you're ready to go. You jump in, you start swimming. Are you immediately business mode or does it take a while to acclimate like how what's your first thought in the water and then kind of how did it go from there yeah so we're leaving pier a we hop on this little boat so catalina was a really big boat but because um the harlem is pretty narrow they just give you like little boats um and so we had a small boat and we're you know going over there and everyone has masks on and it just kind of is so surreal. I was like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, I cannot believe that this is actually happening. Um, so I'm putting on my cap and then my observer says, okay, one minute. And I was like, one minute till we start. She's like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I, okay. Like I, I can't believe it. And then I just jump off and uh, there's no like, you know, clear line or it, it just at, at a, a pier essentially. So as soon as you line up with the pier, they just give you a countdown, five, four, three, two, one, go. Um, and, and then we were off, but. Are you diving within, off the pier or are you just, <laughs> waiting? just in the water, in the water. water um, very important on an eight hour swim to get a yeah. very, very strong start. <laughs> yeah, you want to be, you want to be fast off the blocks. <laughs> yeah, right. Fast. So did you end up starting with the, the other swimmer as well? Did she started before me. She started probably okay. two or three minutes before me. So um, how many yeah. bridges before you passed her? So we yeah. swam together. I, I was ahead of her for probably like 20 of the miles. Um, and then she, as soon as we got to the Hudson, she found, she swam more in the middle and she just caught the better current. And so it just kind of, she ended up finishing a couple of minutes ahead of me. Um, but we swam together for a long time, but the very beginning was a little bit like, uh, it was, it was a little weird because I started swimming and about five minutes in all of a sudden the Staten Island, uh, ferry started honking its horn at us, um, because it needed to cut across. And so they stopped me. 
but I've never been so close to a boat that big. I mean, it looked like a wow. building on its side. Um, yeah. And as soon as it took off in front of me, it just created these giant wakes. Um, so I almost felt like I was in the ocean again, which was kind of funny. But once we rounded the corner and you have the Statue of Liberty on the right-hand side and you start going under um, the Manhattan Bridge, then it kind of started being feeling real like okay I'm actually like I'm actually swimming around Manhattan this is a little bit insane it kind of the reality kind of started to just settle in yeah it's not a little bit insane it's actually insane <laughs> do you get to like when you're running you know we we look at the mountains right sunsets and the sunrises as you're swimming do you get to like every couple of breaths look over to your right like oh there's the uh there's there's a Statue of Liberty keep swimming look up oh there's a Statue of Liberty again or do you see any of that or are you just focused on like what's right in front of you? Yeah, no, for this one, I really wanted to enjoy it. Uh, leading into it, I always just said, you know, if you can just make it to the start line, like that's going to be a win. If it takes you longer this year than you want, you just have to get there. Like just getting there is going to be the win of the year. Um, so I was just so excited to be there that I just wanted to, I didn't want to go out too hard. Um, because I was like so excited just to be there. And so I was just kept telling myself, like, just slow it down, like keep it, save it for the last 10 miles. If you're feeling good, don't burn out the first like 18. Um, and then I just really enjoyed the scenery cause I've never been to New York. So seeing it from that angle, um, and seeing things that I've seen in movies and, you know, things like that, it was just so cool to me. Um, yeah, not a lot like of people so have a water's eye view. Yeah, of New York that's City. crazy. It's funny. I was just like looking through my feed, and uh, there's a New York Times article about like the hardest thing is is getting to the triathlon rather than finishing it this year. And so I, I'm sure it's like the same thing. Just like, oh my god, I made it through everything, yeah. through COVID, through the fact that from California you can't go to New York right now, or Estonia, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to this triathlon, yeah. they're talking about. Yeah, lu yeah. luckily, they didn't ban California, I think, until like a week after I got back. I think we were just on like a watch list. I mean, it was just the all the loopholes leading into it that you never would have thought of last year, just kind of coming up to it was just, you know, just to be there, I was just like so relieved to just be in the water and being like, I'm, I'm actually doing this. Uh, that was just, it was just, it was very cool. Yeah. You know, and it, it, once the pools closed, there's almost a depression. I felt like, you know, we couldn't swim in the pool, which is like, it just seemed crazy. And then closing the ocean for us, like, you know, surfing and swimming, I can understand closing the beach, but closing the actual ocean for us not to work out was just crazy. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't close the ocean. That's God's water. Right? Exactly. Who owns that water? So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's so awesome that you're able to get through all that and still get this done this year. Yeah, yeah, inspiration was, for all of us there was a full month that I didn't touch water and I don't think I've been out of the pool a month since I was like six years old I mean it was just like the most surreal feeling of, of being like knowing you have this giant like run or cycling event and then just not being able to do your sport it just I just felt so like how am I gonna do how am I gonna At pull sea? this off yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, you mentioned that on that six-hour swim, you were averaging 124. What what did you wind up averaging on the whole 20 bridges for the full 28? Yeah, so it's, it's a current assist. So you do have a current, um, especially at the Hudson and then somewhat up the Harlem. Uh, my pace was 53 100s. 
Yeah. What? What? <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? Fifty-three seconds minute? for a hundred meters. You win. Yeah. You win under a oh minute. Oh my god. For awesome. yeah, for a, for a hundred <laughs> yards. Yeah. Oh my As a god. Yeah, for a hundred. Off the blocks and, right but, now. And, and you were cruising, right? You weren't, you, you weren't sprinting. Oh my god, no, that's no, so but awesome. There's a, there's a current, yeah. No, just to have that on your Strava, right? Or your like, yeah. <laughs> just, just tell me for Sunny's sake that you got a little, you got a little balls in there. No, no. <laughs> Wait, no why is she no, swimming back up river right now? <laughs> oh my god! So I wish yeah. I could have given you my Garmin so that my numbers could, you know, my average could be dropped down. <laughs> you don't. You don't feel like you're going that fast like right. your, your stroke rate is the same and your kicking is the same and your exertion is the same but you can notice how fast you're moving by like how fast you're passing item like passing yeah. buildings and passing things like you're just like i'm just making a lot of ground here and i can just kind of yeah. tell that um yeah but the whole time i thought it was great high school since yeah. i went sub a minute in anything I've never yeah. gone somebody <laughs> even in, in my high. They were walking. I, yeah. I ran. I ran a hundred meters in under a minute. <laughs> so when you're on the the Harlem now, and you've got this this current. Like, does that make you feel good and motivate you to like, all right, I've got this. This is great. Or like, you're already not thinking about it. Just thinking about get to the next bridge. Or like, I don't know what landmarks you're thinking of. Like, and then just thinking about your nutrition and, and keeping going or yeah. what is your your thought process as you're going through all these different bridges or do you know all the bridges by heart as well no <laughs> i try to i try to memorize them and i try to keep track of them and then i just kind of got lost in in the shuffle of them all um was your kayaker but, calling him out and letting you know no so he was just he was just letting me know every 30 minutes um mm. when to like feed and stuff like that so he was just giving me a warning feet. i can I love that. feed that's the best <laughs> I'm going to start using that. It's time to feed. Yeah. <laughs> when are, where are my snacks? Yeah. Um, I love snacks. Uh, and so for me, the, the biggest thing is I had, this was my first swim where I was really trying to beat the tides or stay on the tide chart um, because of the way that Manhattan, it, it is an island. And so you kind of have like three tidal changes that you need to make. And if you don't make those tidal changes, the water switches direction and, and you could potentially not be able to continue the event. Um, and so they made it very clear to me as far as like where I needed to be at a certain time in order to make these tidal changes. So when I, my whole strategy was I'm just going to swim as hard as I can. And I thought I would, I thought on a good day, like a really good day, I might be able to break eight hours. Um, I thought more realistically with training only, you know, like put together eight weeks, like eight and a half hours. Um, and then I ended up getting like seven hours and 27 minutes. Uh, but I just swam as hard as I could the entire time. Cause I was just so scared of missing those, those tides. Right. Because um, if and the tide comes in, then the water is going instead of tide assist, it's against, right? Then you're swimming up river really. Cor correct. And I mean, you can only battle that at, for so long. It just, it, it's really, you're just not moving that fast when you're swimming. So even if it's, you know, a half a knot or a full knot against you, uh, it could take you just twice as long. So uh, I was just, the whole time I was just like, just swim as hard as you can and just hope that they don't pull you because you've missed the tides. 
uh, and they won't tell you time. So you don't know how far you've gone and you don't know how long you've been in the water. And so you're just, you're just kind of swimming as fast as you possibly can being like, well, this is all that I can. So I hope this is enough. So are you, you looking at your watch? You don't you have a watch. watch. You don't have oh, a watch, no. right? You didn't have a watch for Catalina, right? Oh, yeah. no, no but watch. Like on the, on the 20 bridges, um, like you have visual reference, right? Like correct, correct. On the Catalina so you know, crossing, it's night. You can't see anything. Like there's, you're just in the void. But right. at least on this, it's like it's day the whole time. You're like I can see I'm making progress. You kind of know a little bit more how you're doing, right? Like you're like I've rounded the island now. I'm on the correct Hudson. Yeah, you can kind of use your your just kind of frame of reference and your directional ability to be like, okay, I'm probably at mile like 12 or, okay, I'm at the last bridge and I know that's at mile, uh, what is that, I don't know, like 20, I don't know, mile 20 or so. So you you kind of are able to see where you're doing. So that feels good. You don't really know time of day. So I'm like, I don't know if I've been out here for five hours or eight hours, Um but you can kind of look at the sun and just know like, okay, it's directly ahead of me. So it's probably around noon, but yeah, you're definitely able to kind of do more deductive reasoning for this swim versus Catalina where you're just swimming into the oblivion and you're like, it's daytime. I don't know if it's 10 AM or 3 PM cause it's foggy, but I think it's the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> so what, yeah. um, That's crazy. comparatively, I mean, I know they're different events, but what was more mentally challenging? Catalina. Catalina was hard for, I, I just had, a, it was just really tough conditions for me. Um, I just had bad water in the beginning um, that kind of just beat me up. And then it was my first long swim. So everything was so new. Like all my training was new. Every time I would, you know, train for my long swims, that would be like the longest swim I've ever done, you know, type of situation. Uh, so it was just so, so new with everything with this one. It was like, okay, I've had, I've had almost two years of full training under my belt. I have my nutrition dialed in. I have, you know, things were just kind of a lot. Once you do it one time, you know, expectation wise, um, and it just played to my strength. I'm a much better lake swimmer. I'm really, I'm a lot better in warmer water. Uh, so it just kind of played to all my strengths. Is that messing with you for the channel? that's gonna be the opposite so yeah yeah exactly now real quick um so you after that 20th bridge was that the last bridge and then you turned back onto the hudson so as soon as you round the corner uh you can see the george washington which is the last bridge it's the only bridge on the hudson um and then once you finish that one then it's just straight down and you come kind of back into downtown again and then back to the pier where you start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At what point did you realize then like, all right, I mean, I passed the 20th bridge. I've only got certain other like, Hey, I've got this. Yeah. Or was it just like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, look, I'm here at the pier. Yeah. I think definitely when I rounded that last bridge, I was like, okay, I'm on the whole time. I kept thinking like, just get to the Hudson. Cause that's when people say like, it, it becomes easy at the Hudson. So I was just like telling myself just get to the Hudson because that's when it's supposed to become easier. You're also at that point battling fatigue. You've just swam, you know, five plus hours at that point. So fatigue is just starting to kind of really settle in. Um, but I just kept telling myself like get to the Hudson. 
once you get to the Hudson, you'll, you know, start swimming towards downtown. Can, and then can, you I, see can I hold on that one comment? Can just one comment that after five hours, you know, fatigue really starts to set in. Just want to just hold on that. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. It's all relative. Um, and so I knew, and so the buildings, you know, now you're in downtown and I haven't seen these buildings before. So it was kind of cool to see those. Um, and then you just kind of start getting antsy, just like with a marathon or with the long endurance, you know, you start coming up on those final kilometers and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, oh, my back's starting to get tight. Oh, my shoulders are starting to get tight. You just kind of start to feel that like general, um, you know, kind of like, oh, starting to get a little bit, like the wheels are starting to fall off, but I'm close enough to, even if they fall off, I'll just brush stroke my way in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I probably, probably as soon as I could kind of see, okay, there in the distance is the finish line. I knew I wasn't going to quit. I just didn't know how long it was going to take me to get there. Yeah. All right. So you finished, you got those last six or seven miles. And then at what point did you really start to get excited? Like right before you finished, we can see that final of the pier or was it just get there, get there? Yeah. I think the last feed um, and I was kind of like bargaining with my kayaker who was very nice. Um, I was like, is, is this my last feed? Like, cause then I could tell like how much, you know, am, am I within an hour? Am I within 30 minutes? Cause the last 30 minutes, I'm just going to go as hard as I possibly can. Cause it's the last 30 minutes, but I don't want to go as hard as I can if I still have two hours left. Um, so I was just kind of asking him, you know, is this the last feed? He's like, yeah, this is going to be your last feed. Um, so at that point I was like, this is it. I'm within 30 minutes. I'm just going to go, I'm starting to kind of recognize buildings. I'm just going to go as hard as I possibly can um, because this is it. It's the finish line. So I'm just going to do whatever I have left. I'm going to leave it out here. Nice. And it was rocky the last couple miles because there's so much boat traffic on that part of the Hudson. It was definitely, it definitely reminded me of Catalina kind of the first couple hours. You're just like, really jostly there's really big boats um it just it's just rocky it's just rough but that's Are you okay still having those fast times at this point <laughs> um i mean you're probably still i i imagine because it's a, it's an average it might have slowed down a little bit um especially because you're just a little bit more tired but um i you could still tell that you were making like a good amount of ground i was still covering a good amount of, of distance even even towards the end is the kayaker the same was it the same guy the whole time yeah, he kayaked the whole 28 miles with me. <laughs> and he was so himself. cool. Yeah. And he's done his it before, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's, he's like so many times. He's like the Tenzing Norgay of this thing. He's just yeah. like the unsung yeah. hero. Who's just like, yeah, I've been up here like five times. It's fine. Yeah, but kayaking's a little different than swimming the whole time. It's, yeah, that's true. But yeah. like most people have never kayaked for eight hours straight. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. The he um the the kayaker has to be part of the federation um because they're able to maneuver you around like boats or um stand up paddleboard or anybody that is in the is in the river and they know the, the tides and the current. So they're able they have to be like a professional kayaker with the organization to be able to maneuver you around the island safely. Is that is that the same organization that does all of them? So like similar organization that it did Catalina and we'll do 
the channel. So they're all run by different federations. Like each body, each swim essentially has its own federation that governs it and gives you like permits and kind of vets you and make sure that the swims are put on to the standard of marathon swimming. Um, this one was run by New York Open Water. And then the English Channel has a, another federation that does theirs. And the Catalina has like the Catalina Channel Swimming Federation, or some type of acronym. I want to know what what are you eating? What what's uh what are you feeding on? Yeah, that's <laughs> what's your preferred snack yeah, like, out there? Like I caught a mackerel. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're feeding. Um, it took me probably a year to get my nutrition down for for these because I just didn't know what my body needed and how to take in enough calories because you're just burning so many calories when you're swimming. Um, I did all all liquid. Um, and like gels. So I did spiz, which is like a carbohydrate drink. Um, and it's very calorie dense. So I would take in like 250 calories every 30 minutes of that. And then on the hour I would take, um, either a gel or an applesauce. I'm taking 250 calories every 30 minutes too. <laughs> you went with the all liquid, which I guess makes sense with the swimming because you don't have time to sit and chew and, and things yeah. like that. I can't imagine your husband or anybody throwing a banana in the water and you have to peel it as you're, <laughs> as I do you're know, running. I know some people that eat like gummy bears and they do like bananas. And I know somebody who does like fudge. Everyone's a little bit different, but for me, like I just needed more calories and I just needed an easy way to consume them. And so I was like, you know what? I'll try spiz. It didn't really work for me when I was doing triathlon, but maybe it'll work for me now. Um, and it's been like, it's been great. I'm definitely going to do it for the English channel. And so just, just logistically, a, how like, are you, are you like treading water? Or are you like backstroking? Or are you just like, kind of like. You're treading water. Kicking. Yeah. You're yeah, trying to like make it. progress at the same time. Or are you just like, I'm going to eat for this like two and a half minutes and then I'm going to keep going. Oh no, it's like 15 seconds or less. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, you you grab it, you just drink it, you give it back to them and you swim. Yeah, your feeds are typically like anywhere between 30 seconds and 15 seconds. So you're not, a couple of times um, he stopped me because he needed me to like go to a certain side of the bridge or if there was traffic or something, he needed to like communicate with me. So he stopped me a couple times and he was just like, Hey, this is where I need you to swim. Be careful of this. Um, but other than that, it was just, it was, it was fast. Yeah. yeah. So explain the, those last moments when you, you see the, the final bridge in sight and you, and as you come up to it and, and touch and it's all over. Yeah. So you finish the final bridge and then you still have like eight miles. So then you're swimming and then there's this really famous like white wall um, and that's when you know you're close to the finish line. And then you see the pier, which is just kind of these like wooden columns, nothing fancy. Um, and I didn't, I was just kind of getting tired. So I was like, do, do you want me to touch it? Like, what do I do with it? And they're like, just swim past it. Um, so I swam and I actually, I ended up touching the pier. Um, and then they blew the whistle. And then I just like, just celebrated in the water. I was just so excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, just so excited. No, by that point, I was just, I was just relieved it was done. Yeah. Was that your first thought? I was like, thank God this is over or was it <laughs> celebratory? It was, it was definitely like more of a celebration. Like with Catalina, it was more like, I'm so glad to be out of the water. I'm just so tired. I'm so cold. But this one, it felt like 
it was just a, a lot of pieces that just like happened to fit perfectly into place. And I don't think you get a lot of those races with endurance because there's just so many things that can go wrong um, with an endurance race. It's just the name of the game. So I think the longer you go, the more it, that goes wrong can go exactly. wrong. Exactly. And so for me, it was like the lead up was just so like tumultuous and stuff that I think just having like the perfect race day was just kind of like the icing on the cake. Um, and it was just like, you can do hard things and this just proves it. So that was, a, it was just kind of a really great moment. That's great. Now it, it probably was different too, because with COVID you couldn't have people there to celebrate no. with you other than Matt. Like, and, and, the good thing was he was posting videos every once in a while of, of you swimming. And so I was checking your, your link of your feed of the tracker and then I couldn't get that to work. And then I was just watching the videos just every, you know, it seemed every couple hours, but it just went by really quickly and just watching yeah. you just swimming and, and he's there. Uh, so to have him there cheering you, tell me what it was like for, for him, you know, sitting there watching you for, for seven and a half hours. Yeah, it, we had talked about that because originally, like, my whole family was going to fly out. Like, I had friends that were going to come out, and it was going to be this, like, big event. And with COVID, it was like, you know, do you, are you sure you don't want to have this? Like, if you delay it a year, you might be able to have this thing. But I was, I was just really adamant that I wanted to stick to my plan. And I was like, it, the, they're going to be there to support you, whether or not it's in person, you know. And so for Matt and I was just kind of like, okay, we're just like, we're a team. Like, we're just going to go and do this. Um, we work really well together. And so it was just kind of really special to be like, you know, we had been so close through training and he had been so pivotal in all my training and the plans and kind of the self doubt to just like get there. And then he didn't really have like a job per se on race day because the observer was the person that watched me and then the kayaker kayaked the whole time. So he's like, I just got a private, uh, show around Manhattan Island. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Private tour. Now, what does true. he do? Does he like yeah. cheer you on the whole time? Can can he? Is he allowed to yell stuff at you like at all? Yeah, yeah. and he yeah, and he did. You know, he's like, you're looking strong. You know, thumbs up. You know, like just just seeing him there, a familiar face is really like you know, it's just nice. Um, you know, like you're you're having a really you're holding a really good pace. So that was like nice to hear. Um, I could see him like taking pictures and like, so that was kind of fun. But he um, but can't he tell you like, what time it is or how long you've been in the water, right? Um, he could if he wanted to, but it's just not for me, at least as an athlete, like knowing that information kind of just makes me more, gives me more anxiety than it does good. Like I wasn't going for a record. Um, if I needed to swim faster, they would have told me like, you need to swim faster. Um, but other than that, they were just like, swim your own pace. Fuck you. <laughs> 53 is not fast enough. You swim faster. <laughs> I know, right? Get out of your kayak. You swim faster. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was cool to have him like there and enjoy it with me and kind of celebrate because it was definitely like, it was very, you know, a rocky road getting there. And so we both just kind of celebrated that it was like, we made it, we did it. The swim we came, we saw, we conquer. Like, let's go home. <laughs> yeah, we've only. No, you guys hours. got. Yeah, you guys got back so quick too. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. So, but that makes sense. Yeah. So, my yeah. final two questions are before or three, and then we'll you know kind of ask what next. What was the lowest point of that that swim, or was there a low point? You know, during every race, there's always like one challenge. Was there something that went wrong or a low point? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely had like low points and like kind of self doubt creeps in, um, you know, where you're like, oh, my shoulders like kind of getting tight. Like, should I be alarmed at that? Is that just kind of like, because I'm swimming hard, should I back off? You know, like you kind of have that like, well, I don't have as much training in my shoulders as I probably should have. Like, maybe they're not as strong as they feel like, you know, kind of that self doubt was a little bit louder this time, I think, because I just didn't have like my whole training to back up my kind of, you know, like that little voice inside your head. Um, and then you just have points of like, where you're just not, you just don't feel like you're covering as much ground as maybe you were. And that could be like a tidal change, or that could just be like the water that you're in, or, you know, you just don't feel like you're moving along. So just kind of the whole fear of like, oh, I hope I'm making the tides. Like, what if I don't make the tides and I get pulled? That was, you know, kind of, I had a couple of like low, low moments where I was like, I don't feel like I'm making much progress. What was the kind of the time limit? Do you know? So they, they don't really give you a time limit. It's more like there's like three critical points of the swim that if you don't make it by a certain time, they'll pull you out. Um, so it's more like you have to be at mile. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. They give it to you beforehand, but there's like three critical points. And so, you know, you're like just trying to get to the next one and under the time limit, there's like intermediate cutoffs. Um, and so I was just kind of trying not to feed into that, you know, like, oh, am I behind schedule? Am I ahead of schedule? What's going on? You know, that type of things. And when you're in kind of a, a valley, it's it's harder to kind of pull yourself mentally back out of it where you're like, no, you're swimming fast enough. Your nutrition's good. Like, you know, just just keep on keeping on. So you did a really good job of preparing physically for it because a lot of those go and then the mentally just drops right after it. Right generally now my last question here is what hurt the most afterwards mm, Besides, i mean i get day? yeah i mean honestly my like shoulders felt really good um i have like ink i have really weird ankles like i've always had kind of ankle pain i do like a lot of pt on my ankles um just because like ankles in by nature are not designed to take pressure in that kind of like flex position for eight, yeah. 10, 12 hours. Um, so those were like a little bit sore. Uh, I was, and I was just really tired. Like I think from traveling in and then really just having like one day doing the swim and then leaving, uh, I was just really fatigued. Um, and I think a lot of that was like mental and physical, just kind of the big like push to it. Then you do it. And then just the sheer drop off of like, okay, no more for the rest of the year. Um, so I was just, I was really tired. I was sleeping like 10 11 hours a day for probably like four or five days in a row um it was like i would i would be able to kind of work out a little bit but like my body was just like it was it was zapped it was the tank was empty you don't say that's crazy <laughs> yeah all right now what, what was the first food the real food that you wanted after the swim was it pizza or New York. Was it? <laughs> Mark pizza. i did eat a lot of pizza i was like this is the only swim where i'm gonna gain weight during the swim. <laughs> so much pizza. Well it's um, it's crazy how many calories you burn swimming. It's like it doesn't it's nothing compares to it. I think uh that night I think we got pasta for dinner or I don't Matt Wayne <sighs> got food and then we had these really good cannolis. I do remember that. He went to like this little Italian bakery. Um but after a big swim like your stomach's pretty kind of on edge and so it's almost hard to to swim. 
uh, or to, to eat. But then after kind of my stomach settled down, then I was able to, to eat some real food. And I think more just like mentally, like the anxiety of the race is over. So you're, you're just so much more relaxed. What did you drink afterwards? <laughs> I, I love rosé. <laughs> nice. so we had rosé I had it the night before it's kind of like a funny tradition that I've started um and so I had a glass of wine before the swim and then uh that night I had I finished that uh that bottle so it was nice that's great because that's something that <laughs> I do and you made me feel better about it every night <laughs> one of my races I have I, I drink beer now. like wow. yeah it, it, it was, was kind of but now it's turned to like two or three before. Uh, I have a lot of races where I haven't been sober at the start. <laughs> you're, you're a different breed there, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think we do this shit sober. That's true. <laughs> it was kind of started by like a joke. Cause everyone's like, Oh, you're, you know, so uptight before the event, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so one night before like a really big training swim, um, I went over to a friend's house and we were outside and they're like, just have like one glass of wine. Like it's not going to kill you. You're just have one. I was like, okay, if this messes me up tomorrow, I'm going to be really pissed. Um, and then I ended up having like a breakthrough swim. And so I was like, no, can't mess with success. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's just kind of a funny, a funny thing. And I don't know if it relaxes you or what it does, but, um, it seems to help me. So. I think that's the main <laughs> purpose of it is just to relax you because you could be on edge, right? It's like, I need to go to bed. I do. I got my stuff packed. What do I do? I'm in this hotel room, you know, like, or wherever you are, like, just have a beer or, or rosé and, and chill, chill out. Rosé all day. Yeah. So Thanks. We, we've talked about, you know, we know that uh, the next thing. So what is next and what's the plan? The English Channel, September of 2021. Oh, so you've already been accepted? So I have my boat slot. So um, that one works very similar to Catalina. So you first get your boat slot, and then you put in your application. Um, so the next thing for me is to put in my application, and um, I, I shouldn't have any reason for them to deny me if I'm able to pass my physical examination, which I should be able to do. And then I do have a qualification swim and that's um, swimming for six hours in 60 degrees or below. So I'll be doing that in like February of 2021. Where, what was the temperature of Catalina when you crossed that? Uh, it varied. So the lowest temperature I got was like 60 degrees and the highest temperature I got was like 70, I think 70. Okay. So that doesn't count. Like, Where are you going to find guaranteed yeah. to find are you gonna like go up to like monterey or uh no in san diego it, it typically stays like right around the a little bit below the 60 degree mark uh like december or sorry like um january february so i'll be i'll be swimming probably in february early february yeah yeah what's the qualification length is there a certain length or time uh, so it's six hours. It it doesn't matter on distance. So, okay. which is kind of nice because I don't have to be in shape for six, a six hour swim. I just have to be in the water for six mm. hours dealing with the temperature. Um, so I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to swim for water for six hours. Yeah. Just something to keep my temperature up enough to 
you know, to do the six hours. Like I'm not going to try to PR that six hours or really be in enough shape. I'll probably train up to like four hours for it. Um, and then just grit out the last two, but I don't want it to like derail my whole training just to, just for the qualification. What, um, what's the distance for the channel? Yeah, I was going to ask you, go and briefly, des- briefly describe kind of the, the channel swim because you, we, we hear a lot of stories about the channel and it's like Olympic swimmer, you know, fails, you know, for third time or something like that. And so yeah. basically mainly here, it's a way they make it seem as like very few people ever do this, which I don't know how many. Which is true. Do. That's true. Very few people ever do this. Like <laughs> the start of the New York City Marathon, there's like tens of thousands of people tens of thousands of people in the whole history of time have not crossed the English channel under their yeah. own power. Um, it does have like the highest fail failure rate. Um, but it, because there's a lot of factors, the, the tides in the water, um, it just very, it's, there's a lot of variation to it. Um, it's just rough. It's really rough water. It's really cold water. Um, regardless of how good of a swimmer you are, if, the tides aren't good on that day. Like you just won't make it. Um, and the way that it goes, because the tidal change is so, uh, extreme on that, you almost swim it, swim it in like a backwards S motion. Um, and the, the longer that you're in the water, kind of the, the longer you're forced to swim because of the tide. So if you're swimming, if you're a really fast swimmer, you might swim for 22 miles or so. If you're a little bit slower swimmer, you're looking at like 25 miles. If you're, you know, longer than 15 hours, you're looking at swimming almost 30 miles. Um, 15 hours? So in, in that kind of water condition. Hmm. So you can have very good swimmers, very talented swimmers, swimmers that are ready and they just have bad tides and they just won't make a, won't make it. And so they pull you. Um, so that's daunting to know that there's like a very real chance that you could be as ready as you can. And it's just not your day. The tides are just not what it and the is. The tidal and- swings are much larger than ours. I think there's like 11 to 12 tidal swings and we 12 feet and we have six foot feet tidal swings. So and yeah, that with the I'm, current. I'm swimming it on a um, neap tide, which is a little bit better than a spring tide. Um, so most people prefer to have it on the spring tide, or sorry, on the neap tide. And then I'm also swimming it in September, which historically has the warmest water temperature, but it has the most, it is more uh, kind of iffy or spotty on weather. Um, so the weather's a little mm-hmm. bit worse in in september but the water temperature is warmer so it's you know it's like pick your poison so isn't it the like the difference in tide is just like the the shapes of the beaches right like the tide just like really comes in or really goes out right or is it the fact that it's pushing you yeah it's it's pulling you north and then once you get to like the separation zone it yanks you you know south um, and then once you hit like right off the offshore of France, it launches you north again. So you're almost swimming in like a cross current the whole time. Um, and the boat captains are very aware of this. And so they're able to navigate you so that you do end up at the correct place in France. But it, it's just a, you know, it's just a tough one. 
Wow. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, good luck on that. That's, yeah. That sounds like just a huge challenge. And we appreciate you joining us and, and chatting about. Yeah. Yeah, I have one more question. You yeah, know, I was, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast today and he was talking about um, his inner bitch, you know, and, and conquering your inner bitch and just getting out there and, and working out when you really don't want to. What, what are your tips or what are your secrets for that when you have those, you know, mornings when you don't want to get out and swim? Yeah, I have a pretty good, I'm pretty in tune with my, when my, with my body. And I know like, I can definitely tell when it's like actually fatigued and tired and like needs the rest. And then I can tell when it's just like, when I'm mentally just like, oh, I just don't want to do it. It's cold. Or it's like, you know, like I have a lot of work to do. And so I kind of just like assess how I'm actually feeling. And then if I'm, you know, not, if it's mental, then I'm usually just like, get in the water, you'll feel better. Uh, just, you know, like, do you want this bad enough? Because it's, if you don't want it bad enough, you're not going to be able to accomplish it. So you're going to have to do this hundred percent or don't do it at all. So I think the, I think if your goals are big enough where they scare you, that motivation is there because you don't want to fail at them. So I think with this one, it was, it was really only eight weeks of like head down, pedal to the metal. And that's a pretty short amount of time in the scope of a typical training block. So for me, like the motivation wasn't, wasn't an issue for this one. Cause every day was like, okay, you're counting down. You only have like seven more weeks to go. I know it's exciting for us, you know, it's exciting for us to be a part of because during COVID, you know, there was nothing going on. We all, there's all of us had races canceled, you know, so you are our inspiration. Yeah, <laughs> I, the summer. <laughs> I love that. Glad I could provide uh, some sports entertainment for a day. Exactly. Before we started recording, and um, Greg, we'll talk about this because we're, we're talking to somebody tomorrow about randonneuring. And I don't even know what that is. Yeah, just listen. Yeah, look it up. Um, but I signed up Greg for my first race for 2020, and we'll, we'll chat about this more tomorrow. But uh, I'm doing a burrow race. Ponder the that. animal, <laughs> the yes. animal, the burrow. Like the burrows <laughs> in New York, or you know, like the burrows in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Like an ass race. It's like it's it's hauling uh, yeah. ass, ass is what it is. Don donkey <laughs> assisted. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, it can be assisted or, or resisted depending on what the donkey feels. So, uh, yes. Speaking about feed, do the burrows have their own feed time? Do they need to stop and get There's some? There's aid stations, and I guess people take care of them. So, we'll talk about that next time. Uh, Greg, That's crazy. I think we need to have a training run in Mexico with some burrows. Yes. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but, um, all right. Uh, Sabrina, thanks for joining us. Sunny, thanks for, for jumping in as well. If you have any questions, email me, Daniel at the Endurance Athlete. Dot net. Uh, join our Facebook page, the Endurance Athlete Podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us, Sabrina. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Sabrina. That was awesome. All right. We hope you enjoyed episode nine of the Endurance Athlete Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes and also leave us a review. In the meantime, get out there, get some miles, and 